0: Are you ready for a little pep talk on your coffee break? Then here's your host, Grace. All right, well, here we are. We are in the final episode of 2020. And today we have, I think, the most perfect way to round out the year. We are chatting with Matt, who is the co-founder of Made of Tomorrow you will most likely recognize these guys from their iconic diaries which not only look beautiful but are also made from recycled coffee cups and made entirely right here in New Zealand amazing awesome but also very fitting for pep talk because we've had coffee cups made from plants with innocent packaging we've had reusable circular coffee cup systems with again again and now we have diaries made from coffee cups Made of Tomorrow also have an amazing range of homewares that are all minimal functional objects so carefully and thoughtfully designed and manufactured from high quality materials in New Zealand. Matt runs Made of Tomorrow with his partner Dan all from their base in Papamoa where they moved in January before the madness of 2020 began. They did actually run a previous business together which we'll hear a little bit about and recently sold it which has given them the most amazing base to build Made of Tomorrow in a truly thoughtful and deliberate manner. I just really admire Matt's approach and outlook on the roller coaster that is business which you guys will hear all about. This chat really is a great way to wrap up pep talk for the year and get you guys and me Inspired and excited for next year and more good stuff to come. I can't
1: wait for you to hear it. So let's go
0: Hey Matt, good afternoon. Welcome to pep talk. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me
0: Good, of course. And where are you joining us from for chat today?
1: So I'm joining you from our Mattis Tomorrow head office, which doubles as uh, our home in uh, Papamoa and Todong. they have plenty.
0: Oh, beautiful. What a spot to be running your business
1: from. Yeah, no, it's lovely. Um, we made the shift recently, so in January this year, before you know 2020 happened, we um we moved down here for to change for a change of pace, for a change of everything. Um, and yeah, there was, we had quite a few hesitations at the start and we thought, oh, how's this going to be? Do we need to be in Auckland to be successful? But um, success kind of takes quite a few different um, looks and it feels different now, like we're, our, our priorities are completely different and um, yeah, now being in the mountain is just the best decision we've made.
0: Well, I feel like I've talked to a few people who are based around the area and it seems to be this little hub of people doing really cool interesting things and a lot of them have moved from the city and I feel like being there kind of brings out a bit of magic for them maybe.
1: Yeah I think so I think um I mean I know a few locals like George and Willie they started down here um Hannah from Red Food she started mm-hmm. down here Yeah. um yeah there's, a, there's definitely a few people that are based down here we haven't um we haven't met a lot of people since we haven't been down here that long, but um, we definitely want to reach out because, like, like you said, there's this real hub of creatives, um, just just heaps of people. Rach right, from Swift and Click Photography and stuff like that—they're all down here. Um, yeah, no, it's a really cool place to be, and and I think I think the sort of relaxed lifestyle kind of does nurture an environment where there doesn't feel to be as much commercial pressure to be, you know, stereotypical success. You know, it's more about. Um, finding a good lifestyle and from there I think a lot of creative creativity has a better environment to sort of come through
0: Mm, and doing things a bit differently and yeah that's that's all part of the magic I like it
1: yeah
0: (laughs) all right so everyone listening Matt has been very busy and I realize now what terrible timing it was for me to suggest this to you when you one of your main uh, products is a
1: 2021 diary and I'm like
0: we chat in December how's (laughs) how's December 2020 looking for you and you're like I'm kind of busy Grace
1: (laughs) Um, it's funny we actually like in terms there is there is a massively busy side of it for our December because of the diaries but um it's funny as soon as we get back to work in in January the first thing I do is design the diary so we get back to work on the 15th of January and I'm designing 2022 oh
0: that's Uh, nuts so it's real weird so crazy
1: (laughs) yeah a lot of the um I feel like I'm living four years ahead kind of sometimes because we start designing it and and yes, so January, 2021, we'll start designing January, 2022, but our 2022 book, goes into 2023 because it like there's always a few days after December so I feel like I'm living in the future but um <laughs> you
0: must have to be so organized I love it I want to he- I want to hear all of that all of those details because I find it so interesting like how you logistically make all this happen but just quickly before we do uh we always start our chats off with this or that questions just to get yeah. warmed up so these are like quick fire don't think about it too hard See what oh my gosh is. the first one I chose for you diary or calendar like, are you a diary or a calendar kind of guy? Uh,
1: like, are they both physical or one digital, one's physical?
0: Oh, you bought an extra layer in that I didn't even think I about. Account for? Okay. You can add that in.
1: Um, I'm going to sit, I'm, I'm probably going to sit in the middle of all of these. I'm such like, I'm, I'm always Sweden. I'm neither one or the other. I'm <laughs> always just the middleman. So I love a diary because it can sit on my desk and mm. look really nice but I'm also a big calendar fan. Um, I love our big calendar and I love other yeah. big calendars because they look so good on a big wall. Um, but if I had to choose one, I'd go a gorgeous diary that sits on my desk with my initials monogrammed and just looks really cool. Yes, I love that.
0: I am a hard hard diary person as well. Like I can't do an electronic calendar.
1: It just stresses me out. So
0: um, <laughs> second that we got cocktail or beer.
1: Hmm. See, again, I'm going to sit in the middle there. Like, there's a perfect scenario for both. Uh, I love a craft beer, um, but I also love my generic, like, Heineken, like, basic lager. But I love a cocktail. love, like, Bellini's. Um, If I had to choose one, I would go cocktail.
0: Okay, nice. Yeah, Yeah, you're not allowed to be
1: Sweden on all of the questions. (laughs) I won't allow it. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, definitely. I think, yeah, that's quite easily cocktail, cocktail. With, like, I just imagine like summer drinking something delicious mm-hmm.
0: and cocktail has more breadth to it as well. Like there's a million different kinds of cocktail, but there's really only like a handful of, you know, types of drinks. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. More versatile. Totally. I always think about these as if like you had to choose one for the rest of your life, which one would you go with? So that's a mm-hmm. good criteria.
1: Mm. Yeah. No <laughs> All
0: right. Next one, we've got cooking or doing the dishes
1: see in my house oh i mean i was brought up like if you cook you clean so you learn how to be a clean cook so like that way when you're cooking like bolognese or whatever i never cook bolognese that's a weird example um <laughs> if you're like cooking anything if you clean up afterwards you are gonna like be tidier along the way um but i am still terrible with the with that like i still don't clean as i go um i'll quite happily say as cook i love i love to cook i cook quite a lot what's your um,
0: favorite what's your signature
1: dish oh yeah. man, that's a tricky one I feel like I don't have one I feel like not absolutely not <laughs> bolognese like I do not remember last time I cooked pasta <laughs> um I don't know I we um we, for a while we had the hello fresh meals which was so good because like you, mm. we just got stuck in a routine of cooking the same thing like yeah sesame like what is it honey soy chicken and then like schnitzel or like steak or barbecue I think as a category, favorite thing to cook would be barbecue. Love checking some some skewers and some sausages and steak on the barbecue, um, and it's just like so much less maintenance to clean up.
0: Mm, sounds good, so, and yeah. it's coming to barbecue season. So
1: oh, absolutely! I stretch it out on either end so <laughs> extensively. <laughs> so it's already happening. Yeah, it's like it starts of like early. Wait, what, what season is before summer? Summer, autumn, winter. Yeah, like late winter. <laughs> As it's still drying. It's winter, off I up. thought
0: you had a diary company. Do you not know this? What is happening?
1: Like? <laughs> I have to. Start, I always have to start from summer, autumn, winter, spring. spring oh wait, so summer, summer, spring autumn, is be-
0: winter, spring. Spring okay. is before summer.
1: Yeah. So spring. Yeah. So like. Yeah. Early spring. I'm like straight into the barbecue, and then for summer, I'll drag it out so far that it'll be raining outside. I'm like, mm, yeah, she's still all good for a barbecue good, either. <laughs> um, oh, so- I
0: loved that. I love that we both had to like recite the seasons just to figure that out as well. Yeah, it's, it's like learning.
1: It's like learning the solar system. What was that one? Um, oh, sun, yeah. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. But I can't remember the like the. But one the, by
0: one, you, yeah, you y- can't do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> we're so smart. Um, okay, last one for you. We've got Christmas or New Year topical at the moment.
1: Hmm. Um, Christmas is quite stressful uh like we have quite a few families spread like split split between dan and i so um oh and now that we live three hours further away from everyone it's kind of added a new challenge to the mix and then new year's we're always asleep before midnight like we're very anti in that respect um but i love christmas cake i love like the idea of um being festive like we got our christmas tree up this year nice and early but a gorgeous like ex- secret, secret um, Christmas tree. It's called a Norway spruce, which is like a little bit different than the New Zealand pine. But nobody knows where to get them from. And you have to be on a list. And it's kind of like an exclusive thing because wow. they because they can't grow them fast enough to keep up with demand. So you kind of if you know, you know, and I'm not sharing any details on that.
0: I love that I am so into that there's nothing beats a real Christmas tree and like that that sounds like a nice Christmas
1: tree yeah it's real real spiky though like if you touch it it's it's just you can't you can't handle it so putting the decorations and stuff on is quite a challenge (laughs) it's worth Um, the pain it's worth it absolutely worth it and then yeah yeah, so the cats and the dog like try to bite it and it's this kind of it's the tree that they can't bite because they want to bite it but they can't because it's so sharp on their mouth so it's a win-win (laughs)
0: The forbidden forbidden tree. (laughs) Nice. Well, I have to get you to send a photo of your tree so that everyone can see this exclusive VIP Christmas tree (laughs) that you've got at your house.
1: All right, I've talked it up as oh, well, so i have good. to get Better some good, good photos. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> all right. We will wrap up those there and jump into the whole Made of Tomorrow story because I'm very keen to hear all this. But maybe before we do that, let's talk about you a little bit first. Let's think okay. about what, a bit about your personal background quickly, like what you were doing before you were doing this because I'm always nosy to hear that as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so like I grew up in and uh, I, I left, I like went to high school there, finished high school, I was just working normal jobs like working at a um, hotel and restaurant and stuff like that then i moved to auckland because i thought i wanted to be in like the design kind of industry um so i moved to auckland and i was working at a cafe in auckland um which eventually i just went door knocking at remix magazine so i went door knocking there and i was like hey hire me i'm good at things i don't have qualifications just give me a go and i'll i'll show you um so a couple of days later, I got a call from them and a photographer wanted me to assist on a shoot for free. And I was like, man, I'll do that. Um, got chatting to them afterwards and met the art director um, at the time, which is still Annabelle Rose. And she was like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to work in a magazine. I don't know. How about, yeah, working in magazines. That sounds cool. Um, so I started like working for them. I had a part time job with them um, and about the same sort of time I met Dan. Um, and How did you guys
0: meet in Auckland?
1: So we went, I was attending a fashion show for Stolen Girlfriends Club uh, and this is while I was working at Remix, I was there with a couple of mates and um, it saw Dan there and he saw me and we didn't speak and somehow he managed to like track me down by knowing someone who knew me's social media and like luckily like all these years ago, this was like 2013, so almost seven, eight years ago. so this is yeah like he managed to track me down on social media um and got talking and and then very quickly started businesses together so we were um i was working at remake at the time and dan and i started we moved in together and we started our first company um and so that was crawlers it was and and eventually eat crawlers we um uh we framed insects and made artwork out of insects and we did some amazing Mm -hmm. commissions like really large pieces for um some pretty big amounts of cash at the time, which was quite cool. And so we, yeah, we did artwork with insects and we thought, oh, how can we expand this brand? And we went into edible insect and it was this real novelty, chocolate coated crickets and insects and like wild things. And from there, we ditched the artwork and just had a food business called Eat Crawlers, um, which we sold this year um, just after lockdown. So they, we, it was really amazing to have got the whole process of starting a business and then selling it for real money um which was really like it was really rewarding to show something that we've created is worth money to somebody else and it's going to continue to make them money so that was really cool and it was cool learning that side of it because there's so much to starting a business and you think you're doing everything right but then it comes to selling it and there's this whole other breadth of things that you should have been doing from day one to prepare a business for sale
0: yeah and so
1: from learning from that we've applied so many new Um, systems to made of tomorrow so that it makes it a more valuable company for us in the future if it did come time to sell it but also a better company for us to run on a day-to-day basis
0: Mm, you don't you so don't think about those things and yeah like you say until that time comes you have to try and be like what does this look like without me in it and that's when you realize
1: like it doesn't always function without you what's in your brain that's kind of the secret right yeah exactly like anything can happen to me or Dan, like be it we don't want to work anymore or like anything happens to us and we can't work, so being able to have someone slot in and replace us quite easily is really valuable.
0: so at some stage, you were running both of these businesses
1: yeah so um yeah so we so this is two thousand thirteen we started crawlers um and it wasn't really fulfilling like we lo- we both loved interior design and stuff like that, and I continued to work in magazines, so from there, I um became the deputy editor of. M2 magazine for quite a few years. So um, that was working in design and sort of the creation of the magazine as a whole. Um, and yes, yeah, so we're still we're both really passionate about design and we felt like we wanted to do more in it. So we started Made of Tomorrow, I think 2015. Um, so until quite recently we ran them both at the same time. Um, and yeah, so Made of Tomorrow started just from a passion of design and, and looking at a gap in the market. We started working with some folded metal materials, and we thought, "Oh, this is really cool! It's like it's neutral, it's um, it's kind of masculine, but it's still really attractive. It's simple and sophisticated." Um, so we sort of just expanded from there. We've like delved in different types of ranges. We've had products made out of felt, which at the time weren't made in New Zealand, um, and we quite quickly learned that we wanted to create a sustainable business. Like Made of Tomorrow hasn't always been about being sustainable and being an eco-conscious and good design company um it's something that we've learned along the way we've seen because we haven't known everything from the start we've seen how other companies create so much waste and we didn't want to be a part of that so we we transformed the way that we um ran our businesses to be what it is today but yeah we had other ranges um and things we had new products that we loved we had new products that didn't do well. We had products that we discontinued for no reason at all, which have ended up being our top sellers now. Um, So we've done it all. It's been a really massive learning process over the years. Um, But now that it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been crazy, but yeah, we all, we both, we both haven't studied design. We just learned on the go. Uh, So much of that, like learning has been about business itself. Like there's just, you can imagine yourself, like there's just, you just can't even explain to someone who says, oh, I want to start my business. You want to encourage it, but you're also like, oh my God, like, <laughs> it is yeah. a challenge. Get ready. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I think a lot of entrepreneur, entrepreneurs don't really start businesses because they like business. They've got something to solve or a problem to solve or a gap in the market. So the operating of the business kind of comes second so when you're doing this thing that you're really loving you're really passionate about and then all of a sudden you're like slapped with reality that you're running a business and have a social responsibility and you have all these sorts of things can like you become aware of and um, it sort of changes the game but it's quite cool like i love the business side of owning a business as much as i love the creative side of owning a business and i'd always like If a friend said, I want to start a business, I'd be like, do it. It's the best thing you could ever do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say for you, like, because it it seems like when you started Made of Tomorrow, it was kind of design driven, like it was, you guys had the passion for this and interiors and design and you wanted to do something with it in that way. And I guess having learned from your previous business, but now I was going to ask, like, now is it still is it still the design that's driving it? Or is it now you're like, yep, this is our second go round on this business thing. We, we know what we're doing a bit more. And is that kind of driving it for you now?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Like, um, like it's all been learning along the way. Like we, made, we didn't have much knowledge at the start of Made of Tomorrow as well. It's still been progressing quite a lot. Like I keep on imagining, oh, if I was to start a new business tomorrow, the way i'd do it would be entirely different and i'd get from a to b so quickly without this massive learning curve that we have taken in the past but um is made of tomorrow still about the design it definitely is um, it definitely is but we st- but i think there is there is definitely a, an element to the business like running a business that i'm sort of addicted to like a drug in a way like it's it's quite powerful and but it it does take you do need to be really mindful to be able to see that and you can get so caught up in the stresses of it but being able to look back and look at yourself in the business is really important um yeah it's cool I I, like Made of Tomorrow like I love what Made of Tomorrow is about I love its design and I love designing for it um Mm, and who does what in the business do you guys both do a bit of everything yeah so we um we don't really have any clear like roles or responsibilities, but we've both fallen into our own areas quite naturally. So from like from the start I started doing the accounting knowing nothing about zero or or anything about to do with accounting for that matter. So that's kind of like my realm, I set in accounts. But within that, like I do the zero side of things, but Dan also Dan does the managing of the the accounts, like the individual stockists and things like that. So he does the invoicing and things like that so he does invoices i do bills like entering the bills but then he'll pay the bills so even though like i kind of do the zero side of things we both still do the zero side of things at the same time um then like product design so for a long time we didn't actually add new designs We, we we for a long time we were doing quite a few new collections and we'd have new range every six months And that's when we kind of realized it was quite unsustainable. We were both getting burnt out, creating new content for every single product, designing products, shooting, everything was just so much work for them to be discontinued after six months, Mm -hmm. Um, which is where like these fast fashion and fast homewares. I just don't understand how that operates because it's so unsustainable, but they have such low costs and high waste that, but they've still got such high sales that it offsets it anyway. Um, but we quite quickly learned that we didn't want to do that. We wanted to be a sustainable business in lots of different areas. So we stripped back our range to I think it was probably about twelve products. There wasn't it wasn't that large. Um, and that's what we kind of called our core range. And we did we sold that for like we had that range on the market for probably a good eighteen months without adding or changing anything. And then we um so from there we started I think from there, we were able to define ourselves as a brand and we learned what we were about. So then when we started adding new products, it was quite conscious, like they were conscious decisions of what we were adding to the range. Um, So we added our bathroom range. Yeah, yeah, totally. So we added our bathroom range where we saw a gap in the market. We designed it um, exactly how we wanted to. It was really simple. Um, And then from there, we probably didn't add any new products for another six months or a year. Um, And then actually it was just yesterday being Monday um Monday the somethingth of December we um launched our like the biggest amount of products that we've launched in a very long time so we launched 15 new products yesterday um and yeah so the design process for that we sort of have had these products in mind for the majority of this year and we we just design them we have an idea in mind and we'll um we'll design the prototypes we'll design all the digital files so that's what I tend to do is and, like, SketchUp and, and, like, software like that. we will design the products, uh, get them looking good, and then we, like, that gives us, we design them in 3D, so we have quite a clear idea of what they're going to look like. And then we get samples made, um, and then we get samples, we shoot them, and so that's kind of my area, but when we, when we still do that, like, Dan's still fully involved with the design process and, like, the shooting it. We shoot all our own stuff, so Dan will style the, the locations that we choose to shoot. Um, and then we shoot it we edit it and then we often sit on those images for quite a while before we launch them and make sure the time's right and and yeah so yesterday we launched a whole bunch of gifting products for christmas being like our bottle openers um we love our bottle openers our sketchbooks uh, Well, we call them sketchbooks but they're actually called visual diaries because um, our 2021 diaries are so popular but we can only sell them from october to December, so we designed a product that can be consumed all year round, which is the visual diaries also made from recycled coffee cups And um, so sticking super on brand with that um, We launched our entire bathroom range in stainless steel to sit in that nice chrome sort of realm For so long we've had the powder-coated products, which we absolutely love But the, the stainless steel opens up so many more windows into the sort of industrial here um, is like we we like we have to take in mind what we like, which is the black and white minimal look. But the market is so much bigger than just what we like, so we also need to cater to what people want to buy. Um, so yeah, we launched that, and we launched some hand towel dispensers, which will be used for more like commercial use, like talk paper towel dispensers. Um, and yeah, so like the whole process, like it's really collaborative the whole way through. Um, but it is a long process, and that's why. Um, uh, we're quite conscious about that because we are really careful with how we do everything because we know those products are now going to be in our range for the foreseeable future. So we want to be really careful about the images that we choose, the, the products that we choose, the colors that we choose. Everything is really well considered um, because we want them to last a really long time.
0: I was going to ask you a bit about the process because, like, I think I saw in one of your recent posts, you said that your diaries, for example, go through eight different New Zealand businesses before they get to the customer. Which is like, just the logistics of all this must be insane. So, what what does that kind of process look
1: like? So the twenty twenty one diaries, they um, so yeah, like I said, like we start designing them in January, and then from there we, so that's that's eight companies within New Zealand only, like they. Some of our papers come from europe and that's more people that we don't even talk about but the eight companies that's something that we're really proud of because that's eight different companies that we're giving essentially employment to and so we talk about good design quite a lot and good design is all about your suppliers and the relationship and putting money into your economy and things like that so those eight companies we're like quite proud of because we're giving them money they're giving us product to help us earn money um and you'll hear like you'll hear me talk about that quite a lot because is like running a business comes down to money um we wouldn't be doing this without we, we you know we have to pay our bills so business for us is really about money at the end because i don't know like i feel horrible saying that but um we need to create something like it's just it is it's just how the world is driven and yeah so those eight those eight companies that we work with like that starts from like our dye makers who make our dyes our paper and um, suppliers our dye cutters our screen printers um then we have like printing we have binding we have print finishing um so there's loads of different steps so yeah the the sort of the management of that is really strict we have quite like i was saying before like from selling e crawlers we have put some systems in place so that we can now project manage really well so we're using amazing project management software um, so that we, we can keep really up to date with where everything is along the way. And that includes like our diaries and all of our folded products so we, we can track the process like hawks and we know exactly where something is and where it's meant to be. Um, and also like not chase people if they are still within their deadline. We can't start chasing someone on Tuesday saying, where's your product? And they're like, mate, it's only due Friday. So we've got quite a good system of being able to see what's due and when and we're really transparent with everyone saying, we need this by this because there's so many steps that are involved. So it's kind of like this Create for the diaries in particular, it's this crazy choreography of, of people being like of us telling our suppliers that like, we make it really clear for, for that and we organize it so far in advance. Uh, and this year was, I mean, it's, we, I say that like it works well every time. There's always like, <laughs> always <laughs> things that come out of nowhere. Um, but this year, like was the first, one of the first years where, I mean, after so long, it seems to have just worked really, really well. I and mean, maybe we've been making diaries for four or five years now. So it's not like an overnight thing to be, to be happy with your systems in place, but it's also been the fact that we work now remotely. So a lot of our suppliers are, um, are in Auckland, but now that we're three hours away from Auckland, we have to be way smarter about how we manage things. And that's and essentially made managing it quite a lot easier.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Like a product of it. Like you think that would make it harder, but actually, it's forced your hand to make it easier, kind of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I just yeah, I can't even imagine the steps and and how you keep track of everything. So you're doing a fantastic job. It's really cool to hear. And what about the like uh, end result of it? Because that's all the like behind the you know behind the scenes in terms of the making and the processes. But then you've got to actually sell them. And you've got direct-to-customer, which must be quite big for you guys. You've got a great website, and I imagine a bunch of stock goes out that way. But then you've also got stockers. Like, do you yeah. have to go out and hustle those stockers or do you find that most people are coming to you because you've kind of created a bit of desire in the brand?
1: Yeah, like, um, so for like for quite a few years, for maybe three or four years, we did um, business-to-business trade shows where we would exhibit our range. And that was a really important step for of Tomorrow to, to get awareness and the sort of retail industry and wholesale industry. Um, and we met loads of people in the industry. And I think that was really valuable to, to meet faces and for people to get familiar with us. Um, we picked up a number of stockists that way. And we, you know, cause it's an amazing way you're, you're in Oakland and all these shops from around the country come to you. So it's a really great way to meet people. Um, but we tend like, we tended we, we knew that we didn't want to be oversaturated in the market. Um, and we only sit really well in a small number of the people that would come to those shows' stores. So, like, we are quite a high price point. So it would be quite hard to sell some made-of-tomorrow products next to things that are quite cheap because it sort of – it takes away from the – you're, you're comparing apples with oranges and it's a really hard position to be in. So we sort of tend to align in stores that align with our values. And
0: you know where it works. Like, there's no point being in a – Dockers if it's not actually going to sell, right?
1: Yeah. And sometimes we're shocked and surprised, like someone, we might, um, work on a relationship with someone and, and be absolutely shocked with how well things do, like not, you know, in the nicest way possible, not have, you know, not be aware of how powerful that, um, customers own customers are. Um, yeah. So we definitely like picked up a lot of wholesale customers in that area. Um, but. It wasn't until sort of this year that we put quite a lot of time and effort into doing our own building our own website as a almost we operate it like a business of its own so we always like for us to hit profitability targets we have to sell a certain amount wholesale and a certain amount retail so that we can justify the prices and things like that so there's a big part of it like we do have some targets on our website That we have to sell to be able to justify selling at a discounted rate to our wholesalers which is a big part of like a wholesale business like it's learning pricing and and things like that is really a massive part of it um so yeah this year we sort of treated the website like its own business and that's been really it's been really good um we delved into the realm of um digital marketing which has kind of consumed quite a lot of my year (laughs) yeah i
0: was Um, gonna ask you a bit about your brand and marketing and
1: what kind of activities you're doing there yeah so it's been huge for our growth um but it's a lot of work um and like i've had traumatic experiences where like i've wanted to launch new products and then we've had our ad account blocked because of certain things and it's always like it's, it's like learning guidelines and, and learning what facebook and, and those sorts of digital platforms want um i think it's fascinating i love it i love that side of business and. And advertising and, and marketing. Um, we're just really lucky that we shoot all our own content and constantly shooting content because that is so valuable to us, just pushing that sort of stuff out. Um, and I said before we started our interview, like we're talking about the behind the scenes and how valuable that is. Um, we put quite a bit of effort this year into showing our behind the scenes story because there's no point in being like a sustainable business that makes everything in New Zealand without really telling that story properly. So we did lots of shoots in our manufacturers um, we've done another shoot that will be coming out, um, in January as well, that we'll start distributing and one of our manufacturers down here. Um, but yeah, we just really want to tell the story and show the support of the people that make our product and how amazing they are, because we wouldn't have a business without the people that make our product. Um, so that sort of behind the scenes content has been really valuable for us as well. Um, and showing a little bit of us, like for our marketing strategy, like for so long we hid from our brand, We wouldn't really do interviews, we wouldn't really show our faces. Um in this year we well over the last couple of years maybe we've sort of popped our faces onto the onto the feed spontaneously for our annual like, hey, this is us behind the brand. Um but but putting like the more we put ourselves out there, people can relate to us more and it's building that relationship with the customer and customer and working on that trust element, which is really important. Um, but yeah, so that's like a lot of our marketing sort of strategy there
0: yeah it's an interesting one because you kind of uh I guess maybe because you've had a business before you you, to some extent you're like I don't you don't know you don't want to make it too personal or whatever but 100% the like the putting your face out there and and even purely just in a statistical way like content with faces performs so much better than content with products so even just getting really like um I don't know just the technical kind of behind it, but also the fact that it tells your story and and builds like trust and relationship with the brand is so powerful. And there's no point like you say doing all these things if you never tell anyone about it. But it's hard to remember that sometimes.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like you feel a little bit like getting in the limelight, but mm-hmm. it's important. But yeah, it's really big part of it. Mm. Um, and of yeah, you had yeah, and you hit the nail on the head with like oh, if you want to sell a business, like, it can't be solely about you. Like I see some people in, in, in similar industries or in completely different industries where it's all about them and I'm I'm kinda of concerned. I'm like, what if one day you don't want to do that anymore and you need to sell your business but it's just your face? So um so when I when I'm talking to people, when I'm like I mean, I don't I'm not a business advisor, but like when I'm talking to people that sort of stuff, I'm like, love what you're doing. Like if you want to, you know, if people ask for advice, I'm like, well I always think about a business as, like, something to sell. Like, it's only valuable to some, you know, I don't want to start a business if I can't sell it in the long run. Um, Not that we have any plans to sell made of tomorrow because we love the process, but, like, if it came to it, we'd want it to be in a a place that is, like, desirable to somebody else and not just saturated with our face because then the minute we disappear, then they're like, oh, so your business has no value if you're not there.
0: Yeah, totally. And you kind of have to treat it like a person in itself, right? Like it's a separate entity not only legally, but also in terms of having a personality and a voice and a, and a physicality to it that is beyond you guys.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: And I also was thinking about for you guys, because you, you, do, you, do you find that you have a big spike at this time of year? Like we said, it's obviously a busy time for you because it's quite seasonal. Not everything you guys do is seasonal because you have a lot of year-round products, but it must still spike a lot. So yeah, <laughs> what is that like?
1: There's definitely a spending season for us, it kind of starts yeah, you know, when we launch the diaries and it's a big part of our income is our diaries, um, which is why we consciously made a decision to release a similar product that is available all year round being our visual diaries. Um, yeah, I mean it's interesting because we're not really a giftware company. We design shelving and like bathroom accessories. And like, do you really want to be opening like a toilet roll holder on Christmas? I mean, some people <laughs> I mean, would. I
0: probably would, but you know, maybe <laughs> not everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that's part of our marketing strategy for summer. We're releasing our gift guide, which is going to be called um, "Summer of Reno." So it's like buy our, pre- put, you know, have the time off, um, buy some product, do a Reno over the, your, your few weeks off. So that's kind of like our marketing strategy for that. So yeah, is it like this is when people do spend more money. Um, so we, we sort of just have to be quite clever with how we market ourselves so that we can dip into that pool of cash that's getting sloshed around. Um, but in terms of like this year, like in terms of growth, like it's been quite crazy for us. Obviously there's a lot of people not spending a lot of money on travel and that therefore there's a lot more money being put into um, A, people buying homes, therefore people renovating homes and doing things for their homes so that's had a massive flow on effect to our business i don't want to say it's because of covid i want to believe that it's like just our business growth but it's definitely because of that like there's more money in new zealand's market um i think we've also got ourselves to a point where like where our products are very um they're quite clear we're quite quite transparent and they've been in the market for a while so the sort of like word and mouth sort of marketing happens quite a bit more frequently so it's just been sort of this year has been a perfect sweet spot of all of the sort of sort of stars aligning um for this quite unprecedented unprecedented like progression in our business like it's not our biggest year of growth like we had a massive year of growth in like our second to third year but then again this has been it's been an an even bigger growth because obviously growth is like exponential growth growth, yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, the home thing, because I do think, like, didn't they say something as well about, like, the record number of beds have been sold, uh, you know, coming out and down and stuff, because I think it's just people are spending more time at home and are more aware of their environment, whereas they used to just go out in the morning, come back, you know, 10 hours later and and go to sleep, whereas now they're like, oh, I I work here, I live here, I have leisure time here, and you just notice things, and you're like, oh, I want to make this space as beautiful and um, comfortable as possible, so it makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I love it. Like I love that. That's where people's mindsets are. Obviously, there's been some industries that have um, suffered, where others have grown. It is a shame. Like our tourism and hospitality sort of sectors took a massive hit, which is obviously sad. But it's all about like, like I keep on saying, like it's your if if you've if you've sort of not done well or if you've had a decrease in your business, I feel as though that like, you could have looked at your business from the outside and looked how you could adapt. Some people obviously haven't been able to adapt. Like it's been impossible. But for us, where we, you know, before period of the lockdown, like, people weren't going to shops, but we were thinking, okay, cool, so we're going to push people to our online store. What can we do there so that we can make up for lost income in other areas of our business mm-hmm. and stuff like that? Um,
0: yeah, the whole pivoting thing that is, like, the most overused phrase, but it's still really true.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's really applicable. Like, and, and, and if it wasn't COVID this year, it could have been something else. So being able to be in a position constantly where you are able to pivot, Obviously, it's impossible to know what's going to happen, so you don't know where you can pivot to, but it's about having enough mental clarity and a mental space um, and not just overloading yourself with business as usual tasks so that you can be constantly thinking about bigger picture stuff so that it's easier to run your business. Mm,
0: And knowing your business well enough. All easier said than done. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and yourself yeah yeah totally and so do you guys just do you have to go on holiday in the like off season is that like in the middle of winter um, you go away or what is it no nah,
1: we're totally guilty for going away at the worst times ever <laughs> so um i think we had a trip to queens uh, what did we do we we did one of those classic deals where it was um hire a camper van for a really amazing rate so we traveled to where did we go? We did invocate, We went. So we've we've done quite a lot of traveling from Christchurch, north of New Zealand, but we'd never done a Christchurch south. So we flew to Queenstown, down to Invercargill, went to Dunedin, um, back to Queenstown. So we did that kind of bottom third or bottom quarter loop. Um, and at the time, like I was crazy doing. I needed to do accounts. I needed to do loads of different stuff. Like my my backlog of work was just huge. But we we're still away, so I was a little bit guilty for working on my holiday, um, <laughs> yeah. which is something that always happens as a business owner, but, um, yeah, we do tend to go away in the off season. Nah, we're pretty naughty. We can, we, I think, I think we'll, nah, we, <laughs> we do tend to go away. Um, we never, but, um, we're pretty, we, we are careful. We always make sure that like, our customers are a priority so that everything's sorted before. Yeah. We
0: do, you just we do have things. to be more organized. Right. And
1: just, yeah, it's definitely been the weekend, weekend holidays are more frequent now than anything else. We did spend four months traveling in 2018 so that um that kind of took a lot of the traveling out of our system um and that was cool so it was nice to be able to take four months off while we had someone sending out online orders and stuff like that while we were gone so it was quite a good position to be in to be able to reflect on our business and look at it from the outside literally and see how it ran without us and that was a really helpful tool um so yeah we took more away from that than what we realized like the travel was incredible it was inspirational to another level and i think that's kind of i could probably pinpoint now like in saying that like a quite a big shift in our business was after we got back in 2018 so from there to now i think a lot of um yeah a lot of the change and a lot of development has happened probably because of the time that we spent away and the inspiration and the learnings that we had while traveling
0: yeah and you just come back with like a renewed energy for it and it just like reignites your enthusiasm as well
1: yeah absolutely Mm.
0: and how about living like living working together kind of situation how do you find that because that comes up a lot when
1: you (laughs) talk to people who like work you know have a business together yeah I would love to be able to say like oh it's so easy like we get along so well we get we work together so well but like that's absolutely not true Um, (laughs) I wouldn't believe (laughs) you (laughs) (laughs) we both I think we both do like we sort of touched on it earlier like we don't really have set roles but we we kind of do but we both do our set roles we both do our areas of our business so well like we're both experts in our own field so we can't really um how to explain it like we just we just both we we know we do what we do and there's not a lot of crossover like i'm not going to be designing a an edm and dan chips and with his own ideas like he just trusts me in my area of the business stay in so the there's lanes, not a lot yeah. of yeah we definitely do and i mean like we do open ourselves up to criticism from each other like when we're designing products it's just like hey what do you feel about this it's like you know we we'll have each other's input um but like for edms and that's just a small example of it but like i have quite a clear vision for it and i know how to execute it and i will still ask for feedback and like we'll both work on things but um we definitely stay in each other's in our own lanes excuse me, So, in our own lanes quite well. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there was there is a time like we were living and working together in like really close confines where it does get challenging. So you need to be able to like take a step back and have your own things going on so that you can, um, so that you can be the best person you can be for the other person. Um, I've gone through times of having like other employment so that I can be away and have something else that I work on and things like that. Um, and that's good but then when I'm away I'm feeling guilty because I'm thinking I need to be with my business it's so much more valuable for me to be there rather than somewhere else mm, um, but
0: there's so other like, value in it
1: but there is other value and there's value in other areas of it so that was like part of the decision was coming to the mount the, the value in it wasn't uh moving away from Auckland it was more like a, a focus on we're going to change the way that we do everything not just our business the way we Run our relationship and the way that we do everything around that, our friends and our socialization, and everything is to change. So, um yeah, I think that like when I did have employment, and I do at the moment, so I'm currently the creative director for a local mag down here. Oh. So I have the flexibility to be able to, with that role, I can work part time when I need to and, and have heaps of flexibility to do what I need to do. And that was, yeah, that was part of the big goal of being down here was to be like, okay, cool, I'm going to. Um, do that so that I have my own thing but I also have like responsibilities with the business um but yeah so it does have a, like yeah like I said you do feel a little bit guilty when I'm there where I feel like I need to be here mm. but like you said it's, it's got its own value there's
0: ups and downs to every kind of picture of what it could possibly look like and you just kind of yeah. have to roll with what feels right at the time for you personally I guess
1: yeah and it comes down to that pivoting thing it's just like constantly adapting and doing the right thing that feels best with you and just have to be aware of like how you feel and how everything is from the bigger picture and, and make decisions accordingly.
0: Hmm. Very wise. I like it. And then, so we better wrap up because I know you need got lots to get on with. But before we do, I'm always keen to hear a bit of future stuff just quickly. So like what, obviously you're about to start working on the 2022 diaries, but yeah. kind of bigger picture, what's, is it, Um, you know, like more product extensions or do you look overseas or
1: what does that look yeah. like? Yeah so um like for us it's always about yeah that's a challenging one like we've, we've recently started adding the new products like we said that the recent re- release of new products um so we're at the point where we're really happy with our range so that we can start adding to it um we definitely do want to add products to our range in the new year there's a whole whole range of um products that we are dreaming up at the moment um So that's quite exciting. It's focused towards the uh, kitchen area as a little bit of a teaser. Nice. Good to see you. So working on that, I think we've had, like, using our – like, by releasing our stainless steel bathroomware range, we are looking to partner with some bigger distributors to work with our range and getting that more accessible to more people um, rather than just, you know, on Made of Tomorrow's website and things like that. So getting that bathroom range out there with with a big distributor is – something that we're working on and hopefully wanting to do um but yeah there's a few new products for next year definitely 2022 range I've got a few things that we want to work with more recycled materials like we love our recycled coffee cup diary and it has a massive story behind it for us and it is kind of what's um definitely like pinpoints us in our specific little niche um of like really designer products made from recycled materials which typically like recycled material products have typically been quite gross or Mm. you know you don't think you know when I when I say we make products using recycled materials you think oh what are they doing like putting bottles on a chain and like selling wind chimes like (laughs) it
0: um, does kind of have that vibe unless you understand what you're actually doing
1: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so I think like I always say like we're a New Zealand design brand and all these things I'm thinking oh my gosh like people think we're going to be like making kiwiana wind chimes but like (laughs) Um, which I love, which have their place. Um, uh, Yeah, so, like, definitely working with more recycled materials in a really luxury way. So there's there's a whole realm of possibilities. Like, now where there's so much focus on um, creating, you know, less waste and things like that, people are being more creative with their waste. Therefore, like, it's creating cool products that we can design homeware items to and with. So, um, yeah, the more recycled materials that we could use – um the better and there's there's some amazing products locally that um like within auckland and new zealand that are being made here that would love to get our hands on and get to work with um and yeah there's there's heaps so definitely in that recycled realm um like still that really sleek minimal made of tomorrow style that we that we know and love um but yeah 2022 that's uh that's <laughs> that's coming up pretty quickly and we're not even started 2021
0: <laughs> oh that's scary eh? but exciting
1: i can't wait yeah. to see what
0: comes next
1: yeah likewise like i don't even know myself so it's yeah. always like a day-to-day like we do have some of our goals but like we we don't even know what it's mm-hmm. going to look like
0: yeah changing really quickly and like that's all part of what keeps it fresh and interesting for you guys as well i imagine yeah absolutely Hmm. All right. Well, we will let you jump uh, off. But before we do, I can't let you go without picking your brain for some wisdom quickly. So okay. I mean, imagine you've you've learned so much along the way. Like if you just hear the phrase like we're going to make diaries out of coffee cups, like I <laughs> just imagine how much you know, like we've talked about how many headaches that might have given you. But luckily, those kind of headaches mean that you're learning stuff. So what are your kind of like top bits of wisdom or advice or a tip or something that you've learned either business or just life in general? feel
1: free to get philosophical about it. Okay. I mean there's, there's a breadth. Um <laughs> I'll start with a few tips. Get an accountant. Uh use an accountant from day one. <laughs> uh, That'll cause you to strive, like that will save you so much money in the long run. Um but just be passionate about what you do, believe in it. You it's, it's really hard to sell something that you don't believe in or don't trust or wouldn't want to buy yourself. And I think that's where we've sat quite nicely like We've always said that we only design products that we'd want ourselves. So that way we can, like, we are the salespeople. We are the designers, with everything. So it would be really hard to sell a product that we don't believe in. So whatever you're doing, you have to, you have to love it. You have to live and breathe it. But you also you kind of have to treat it like something that you can get away from. You don't want to be like, we've been in this place before, like where we feel like all we're doing with our friends is talking about business and doing this because we used to be could get quite obsessive with it. And then we we're quite aware of that. So we were like, oh fuck, we need to stop talking about that. We need to you know, remove that to an extent, but it's such a big part of us that you don't want to remove entirely. So, but um, yeah, just do something that you're passionate about. And it sounds like it's so stereotypical, but um, yeah, if you do something that you love, it's not going to feel like work. Yes,
0: that's great yeah. wisdom, very philosophical.
1: I like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right we will let you go but that was awesome thank you for sharing that whole story with us
1: thank you thank you so much for giving me the platform to do so of course all right bye Bye. -bye.
0: it is really hard to believe that matt will be about to dive into designing his 2022 diaries and we're just heading into 2021 amazing I just thought that was a really fantastic story, and I'm so glad that we snuck it in to share it with you guys before the end of the year. Please do make sure you check out madeoftomorrow.com and at madeoftomorrow on socials to see a bit more about what Matt and Dan are all about. Thanks, of course, as always goes to you guys for listening to this pep talk today. I really hope that this was a good way to round out the year for you and wishing you the absolute best for Christmas and New Year and the summer holidays, whatever you are getting up to. And of course, I also wanna say thank you for being part of Pep Talk Gang in 2020. Like I said a few episodes ago on the show, Pep Talk has really helped me celebrate 2020 and just make the best of what has been a really tough time for everyone. So I hope that a little bit of that positivity and inspiration has rubbed off on you as well. Thank you for your support, your enthusiasm, all of those little DMs and emails and chats. It is all so appreciated. Pep Talk is absolutely nothing without you. So you get the biggest thank you of all. Until 2021. Bye.